Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today um, we have a treat in store for you because you don't have to be a little child on his way to bed to like a, not necessarily a bedtime story, I hope we don't put you to sleep today, but a story. We all love to hear stories. We don't ever grow out of that. And especially when the stories relate to things, uh, tell us, give us wisdom that we can relate to our own lives. And uh, my guest today will do just that. He's going to regale us with stories, and you will realize as uh, the as you're going on this journey what the significance is for your own life. Now, my guest is DJ Eagle Bear Vanis, and um, he is an, a Native American. Um, and his book, one of his books, is called The Tiny Warrior, A Path to Personal Discovery and Achievement. Now, the reason why um, I thought it would be good to uh, talk with DJ today is because, as you know, um, I on Dr. Carroll's couch, I put all of the craziness of the 21st century, try to um, help you to understand it and to feel some control over it, and by understanding it. And every, lots of times I talk about terrorism because I bring you facts that you don't hear in the mainstream media, uh, like last week. And in between um, all of this, giving you the inside scoop on what's going on in the world, um, I also like to uplift you spiritually by bringing you guests who uh, can do that in their own unique fashion. And I have read the book um, that DJ Eagle Bear wrote and um, have found it really, it made me cry, DJ. <laughs> no, it didn't. <laughs> Which is always a sign that it's a good book. Um, it's a simple book. It's, um, you know, it's, but it is very profound. And I wanted you to, um, first of all, uh, before we, well, I, I want you to start off by explaining that when in your title and in your um, whole thesis mm-hmm. of Tiny Warrior that you are not talking about Schwarzenegger or Sylvester Stallone. Absolutely. <laughs> well, the, the inspiration for the book came, and, and the title, um, The Tiny Warrior, kind of uh, alludes to a children's story, and it's definitely not. Um, the people who have picked it up quickly realized that. The, the inspiration behind it came from going through traditional ceremonies that I've been through. My family is uh, Odawa Indian from Michigan. Um, my grandmother taught our language when I was growing up, and I was very inspired by her, by my own culture, and now I've been working across Indian country for the last 14 years. I've worked with over 440 tribes in that time. And during that time, every, everywhere you go, you pick up another piece of the puzzle uh, to life, to what it could be, maybe even what it should be. Uh, a lot of that traditional wisdom and those timeless ideas that really can impact our life. And one of the um, inspirations for the title, The Tiny Warrior, came from me going through one of the traditional ceremonies called Sundance. 
and going through that ceremony, which we can talk about a little bit later if, if you'd like to, but going through that ceremony was such a humbling experience for me. And when I got finished with it, um, my medicine man said, remember, you're a warrior now. And I felt about an inch tall. And that's where the title came, uh, The Tiny Warrior. Um, and it's a path of, of service. It's not about glory. Uh, it's not about um, what you can get. It was about what you could do. And it wasn't about who you could dominate. It was about who you could serve in a good way, uh, who you could lead by example, who you could um, take care of and protect and defend. And that was the traditional role of what it meant to be a warrior for our people. Well, now, could you explain, though, why is it that you felt small and humbled when you went through the ceremony? Well, Sundance is a, a four-day ceremony done every every summer, and it's done for a lot of different reasons, the biggest of which being uh, it was a ceremony of thanksgiving, to give thanks for all the things that we have in, in the world around us that we take for granted every day. I mean, how many times have we taken for granted our food or our water or the people that are in our lives? Well, we go without those things for four days uh, during this ceremony, and the goal is to pray for everyone and everything in the world except for ourselves. Um, so it's a very outwardly focused type of ceremony, um, giving thanks and making a sacrifice to all those things that we hold dear. And on the uh, last day of this ceremony, we go through what's called a piercing. And what that is is we're led up to this. It's done in an outdoor arbor. And in the middle of that arbor is a big cottonwood tree. We call that the tree of life. And it's kind of like our antenna to the creator during that four-day period. And on that last day, we're led up to that tree and we're laid on a buffalo robe. And our medicine people come up to us on either side and cut our chest open. And in the place of those incisions, they put skewers that are made out of either choke cherry or buffalo bone. And those are tied to ropes and those ropes are tied to that tree. And we go up to that tree and back four times, and on the fourth time we dance backwards until we break free. Now, sometimes that takes two minutes. Sometimes that takes two hours. I've seen it take two full hours, or two full days, rather, for somebody to finally break free. Well, now, could you explain yeah. <laughs> that a little more? Because I read that in the introduction yeah. to your book, but it's hard for me to picture. It, so right. these, these twigs... Uh-huh. The medicine men put the twist, sort of like a pierced earring, I mean, put that through, uh, in and then out again in your chest. Right. Underneath right. the skin. Exactly. Exactly. And, and then so basically when you're dancing backwards, you're breaking the skin that's right. overlying this twig. And, right. and how many twigs are there? Two. One on each side of your chest. Okay. And and I know and I'm sure you're probably wondering as probably everybody else listening why on earth would you go through something like that which is a great question and and the answer to that is um, we go through the piercing in particular like I said we go through the whole ceremony for Thanksgiving but we go through the piercing uh, in particular for um, to give respect for the pain that women go through during childbirth so everything in our native culture is is based on a on a concept of balance there's a day for every night there's a joy for every pain. Into every life and every career, a little a little rain is going to fall. And as women push, push, push to make the world go on by delivering all of us into the world, we as men try to balance that out and pull, pull, pull when we break break free during Sundance uh, through the piercing. The other reason why we do it is because once we finally are let go, the symbology there is that the Creator has let us go to start our life over. So all of our past mistakes, all of our regrets, all the things that we feel guilty about from 1986 um, we just let go, and we what just start life over. What do you mean? Oh, I was just giving an example. How many people carry guilt? 
you know, oh, on their back okay. and regret and worry and things that happened back in 1986 or right. 1994 that you said, you know, from that moment on, my life changed, you know, and and we, we keep ourselves prisoners sometimes to moving forward in life because we carry that stuff with us. Right. And so this gives us an opportunity to let that go and to move, to really start moving forward again. And so that's that's why we go through the piercing ceremony in particular. And now how old were you when you did that? I was in my mid-20s when I went through that ceremony, and, it, and I can tell you it completely changed my life because it was one of those experiences that um, it, it just makes you erase the chalkboard of your life and completely start over with your priorities, you know, and the basics, you know, water, food, air, you know, of other people, shelter, and then you start to build from that list. Okay, well, let's go back to before then, before your life was changed, and um, and tell us about what you know your your childhood and and I always put the people on the couch usually, sure. um, <laughs> particularly in a in a situation like this, um, where were you born on the reservation? No, I was actually born on a military reservation. My dad was in the military when I was born, and so we we grew up traveling all around the country. Um, my parents were teenagers when they had me, and so they went through a lot of struggles at the beginning of their life together. And um, but you know, the, being in the military, we got to move around. We got to see a lot of the country. Um, I really learned firsthand the meaning of what it, what it is to serve. Um, you know, the uh, community uh, to serve other people. And well, so that was my experience. Well, when did you have your, I mean, you mentioned your grandmother, but when did you have your um, your exposure to um, Native American culture? Oh, well, it was in my family. I mean, obviously going home to Michigan, um, being with my relatives, um, also working with elders as I grew up. Uh, it was just because you don't grow up in your home community doesn't mean you're not connected to your culture. You know, you're taught that by... You know, your parents, your relatives, um, you seek it out, you know, and I always did. Um, I started going to sweat lodge ceremonies when I was 18, uh, which, again, changed my life, you know, in a direction where I really felt connected. Um, you know, I think our, our spiritual beliefs are supposed to be a, a source of power for us. And up until that point, what I had been doing spiritually wasn't. And when I first went to my, you know, first sweat, everything seemed to fall into place, and that's where I really started to go down that path. Well, now, okay, and how did that happen? How did that change you? Well, I uh, grew up going to church. Um, my dad was raised Catholic. Uh, my mom's family were, were Protestant. Um, and I grew up in, in church uh, going to, you know, uh, our you know, Sunday worship services. And as I got older, um, I just started to realize I, I felt like a fake you know, in church. And like I said, I think that it's always our spiritual beliefs are supposed to provide us with a sense of power, a sense of encouragement. And I didn't feel like I was getting that out of the experience I was going through. And be, knowing, uh, you know, I, I was aware, aware of my background, my culture, uh, the beliefs of my people, my you know, things that I had learned growing up from my uh, relatives and my grandmother. Um, and so when I had an opportunity to go to my first sweat lodge ceremony, I took it. And when I went in there, to that ceremony, everything just seemed to fall into place. I felt connected, um, and I've been following those traditional ways ever since because it does provide, for me, um, what I think our spiritual beliefs are supposed to provide, which is a sense of power, a sense of well-being, a sense of peace in a chaotic world. 
And did that create any problems with your parents? Um, no, they were they were thrilled for me. And actually, my dad has since gone back to a traditional path too. Hmm. And so we Sundanced together, and um, we go to sweats together, and you know, it, it's uh, it's been one of those full circles for him as, as well in his life. He got back to it later in life, but again, his you know, I think that's it's a search worth taking for anybody out there that's you know searching for that spiritual connection um and if you don't feel like you have it now it's worth continuing that search until you find it because it, ch- it does change your life and we do need to take a break now with that um when we come back i'd like you to um tell us about the stories in the book um okay. what's interesting is that there are two stories in the in the book um one is about cricket uh, and a little boy who lived on a reservation. Mm-hmm. And one is about Justin, um, who it would seem like a, a typical um, young man of, of today. Right. Um, and it, what's interesting is how Justin learns from uh, his grandfather telling the story of cricket and is able to apply it to his life to change his life. So when we come back, we'll be... Um, ready to to hear those stories. My guest is DJ Eagle Bear of Bonus, and we're talking today about the tiny warrior inside of you and how you can unlock it to fight for your dreams. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. The Internet's premier talk radio station, VoiceAmerica.com. Join Patricia Raskin, host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Positive Living Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific Time right here on voiceamerica.com. What does it take to get your business online? How do you leverage the Internet to attract more clients, expand your network, and make more money? What are the tools you need to master? It's not enough to know the tools. You need to build a solid foundation and actually implement systems that automate your business as much as possible. On Blogging and Beyond with Denise Wakeman and Patsy Krakoff, the Blog Squad, learn about new tools that are easy and essential to use in order to grow your business online. Get strategies, tactics, and tips that work if you implement them. Denise and Patsy interview internet marketing experts, plus coach a client in real time through the steps designed to market a real product or service. Blogging and Beyond with Denise Wakeman and Patsy Krakoff broadcasts each Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Blogging and Beyond, leverage the internet to attract, sell, and profit online. 
Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy-to-understand tools and tips. With his weekly guests, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. My guest today is DJ Eagle Bear Vanis, and we're talking about how you can unlock your tiny warrior inside of you to fight your dreams to fight for your dreams, not fight your dreams, but that's kind of an interesting <laughs> slip since we were just talking uh, in the break about how you can fight yourself and get in the way of your dreams. Why don't you, since that's obviously what I'm thinking about, why don't you tell us that story? Well, I, I think, you know, I really think that's what it comes down to, Dr. Lieberman. We become our own worst enemy in life. Um, you know, we've all got things that we're, we hope in our highest, you know, our, in our wildest dreams that we can accomplish. We all have goals that we want to achieve and lives that we want to build but how many times do you know we become our own worst enemy where we slow our own progress or we self i go on what we what i call auto punish where we don't even need anybody else around us to start beating ourselves up and criticizing the missteps that we take you know in the pursuit of those higher goals and um you know i've been on both sides of that fence i can relate to it even right in the book itself was an experience for me of of really um, making sure that you've got the right people in your corner that you're encouraging yourself because it is easy to lose faith and to let that self-doubt creep in. Um, I was just telling you the story on the break that, you know, halfway through the book, I, I basically quit. Um, I went through that creative U-turn that we sometimes go through where we're, you know, we're uh, giving birth to something in the world that wasn't there before. We're, we're using our ideas and, and we're creating something, and there's a lot of fear involved with that. And I got advice from somebody um, that I wouldn't consider a friend, I mean, a, more of an acquaintance because uh it gave me some advice that really derailed me um, because I listened to it. That was my problem. As he said, you know, it's great that you're writing a book. I hear you writing a book. You know, a lot of people start, most people never finish. Hmm. And then he went on. It got it got better because he said, and even if you do finish, you get a one in nine hundred chance of getting picked up by a major publisher. <laughs> and so I was so excited, I went home and I quit. <laughs> and then I did what we tend to do when we quit. You know, in pursuit of those higher goals, is I started to whine about it. I started to wish that it was different. I started to hope it got better none of those which by the way work very well and uh, i was down in the kitchen one day complaining to my wife who um you know said she goes i you know i love you i'll listen to you but you know you down here complaining about this is not going to get the book written and so um she said you don't know what is possible until you finish the book and i'm so glad i listened to her because 
I did finish the book. Um, it did attract an agent in New York City. It did get picked up by a major publisher. Well, wait, you left out that you yeah. self-published it. And well, that was a, picked up. that was scary too. And and self-publish self-publishing a book means you put up the money to get it printed. And um, my wife was a lot more for that idea than I was because we cashed out our savings account. Hmm. And that was a, there was a lot of fear there. And um, but you know that. When you have a dream, when you have a goal, you've got to take action on it. It doesn't happen by itself. It doesn't fall from the sky. It takes sacrifice, and it takes making those decisions like that. And when we finally did, you know, I took a deep breath and a hard swallow when we made that decision. And then when the books came and, you know, cut them open, sitting on the floor of the kitchen, you know, with tears rolling out of my eyes, I still was scared because I didn't know what the future would bring. You know, it's, it's we don't know. And um, but you know, looking back on on what happened with it, it started to sell really well. It attracted, um, like I said, an agent, a major publisher, and now it's printed in six countries. And the rest is history. So, and I'm working on my second one right now. Well, that's great. Well, why don't you give us a little uh, a little glimpse into the lives of these uh, these two parallel stories? Sure, sure. Well, the the first story is um, about a young man named Justin, and Justin is uh, a 27-year-old guy who goes through an experience that probably anybody out there can relate to. Um, he basically isn't where he wanted to be at 27 years old. He's let other things get in the way. He's gotten caught up. He's you know let self-doubt creep in, and he's settled for second best, and he's not where he wanted to be at 27. So, And he also did what a lot of us do. We let pride and ego get in the way. Uh, he wasn't asking for help or you know, outside resources, he was just kind of banging his head on that brick wall over and over again instead of asking for a ladder. And when he finally did, the person that he chose to ask for help was his grandfather, who um, sat down with him. And all the characters in the story are Native, but Native or not, anybody can relate to these concepts. Um, his grandfather sat him down and started to tell him stories of a little boy who lived hundreds of years ago who was Native. Um, and at first, Justin is cynical. You know, because he said, first of all, these are kid stories. How does this relate to me? I'm not a kid anymore. And his grandpa, you know, jokes back with him and says, but you're acting like one in a lot of ways. You know, he says it in a light-hearted way, not meant to hurt, but um, meant to just kind of get him to think. And then he said, and besides, he goes, this is the modern age. This is the age of, you know, space travel and genetics. You know, these traditional ideas, this traditional wisdom doesn't have a place in today's world. And I think that anybody out there can relate to that, too, knowing that, you know, those simple ideas, those traditional ideas of the basics of life are more needed now than I think at, than at any other point in human mm-hmm. history in the complex world we live in. And so with that as a, you know, kind of setting the tone, his grandfather starts telling me stories and Justin starts to see his life reflected in the adventures and misadventures of this little boy who lived hundreds of years ago. And so that's basically the premise. Um, you know, Justin, I'll give you an example of how, you know, he kind of derailed his own life. He he wanted to be an engineer, but he settled for a job in construction. Very different. You know, he's justified it in his mind as close, close enough. You know, it's good enough. And, and sometimes we do that to ourselves, even though we know in our minds, you know, good enough isn't usually good enough. It's, you know, we settled, even though we know what the higher vision looks like, we've sometimes settled for second best. And we know how that feels, and it's not good. And that's when he finally starts to have these breakthroughs. There's some pain involved because, you know, the truth does hurt sometimes. And admitting that we've been, you know, digging a hole for ourselves is uh, the first step in changing it. 
And so that's kind of, and the, the rest of the story unfolds from there where Justin, you know, starts to really see the, the missteps he's taken and why. And he's found that, the, you know, at the end of the day, the, the biggest enemy he's had to fight all these years has been himself, his lack of uh, faith, his lack of focus, uh, not surrounding himself with the right people, um, you know, and making choices that he knew in his heart when he made them weren't the right ones for his life. And he had the goal of as he, well, the reason why he wanted to be an engineer, I mean, because you make a big point of, of that, and I think it's so true that um, when we have a purpose for our lives, not just a dream of you know wanting fame and fortune or whatever for no particular reason, right? Um, just that it's fun, <laughs> right? Um, but if we if we want it to to particularly to give to um, to our village, to our family, to our country, um, that 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 gives a purpose to our dream, and 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 he did have that purpose, but it got lost along the way. And yeah. and why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, well, and and that can and that's one of those typical experiences we can all relate to. You know, it's it's when you know what you want for your life, how you want your life to look, how you want your career to look, your family, your experience on this you know short time that we live on the planet. Once you know what that looks like, that's power. That's because now you're clear about what you're working for every day. We're all going to work hard for the rest of our lives anyway. You know, I'm a big believer in working towards what we actually want. And you know, Justin in the story had the, that intention. He saw glimpses even as a child of what he wanted to do with his life. Um, he always was had an affinity for building things with his hands and creating things. You know, first in his mind and then with his hands and. And that's why he really set that goal to be an engineer. But, you know, like I said, life life stepped in, and he got caught up, and he went right when he could have went left, and maybe he should have went left. And at the end of the story, he finally got back on that track and went back to school, got his degree, and did what he set out to do at the very beginning of the story, which was, to, I mean, his lifelong dream was to build a, a youth center. And um, so when he finally got back to that place, he's, saw how good that feels um, because I think anybody can relate to the feeling of doing something that you like versus doing something that you love. Yes, but it was it was because he wanted to build a youth center with a pool and a park and, and a bunch of other things because he didn't have that when he was growing up and he right. saw how much uh, he would have liked to have had that and how much kids today would have liked to would like to have that. Right. And so it was that that dream that came from his own uh, what he saw was missing in his life, mm-hmm. and what he would like to give others that that really fueled um, that was at the core of of this dream of becoming an engineer, which yes, then which then got derailed. Right, and that, uh, and that's and that's yeah, and, and that came from being frustrated as a kid that he didn't have those things, and and I think that's sometimes one of the things that give us fuel in life, you know, to move forward is looking back at the disappointments that we have, the the. You know the rocky roads we've been through, the disappointment. You know the the wrong turns we've made. You know I, I think that if we look back at that and let that fuel us, get us energized to move forward, that's sometimes what it takes to really make a different decision. And that's what happened with him as he finally let all that frustration build, all that emotional energy build, to finally say enough is enough. I know what I want my life to look like. I know what my purpose is. I know what my goals are. It's just a matter of going for it. And when he finally did, his whole life changed. And and when we come back, um, I think what's what's beautiful about this story is 
how it was hearing the story of Cricket, uh, the little Native American boy, and um, and how he developed in his life that reminded Justin of what he was like as a child and what he cared about as a child. Right. Well, when we come back, we'll hear more stories and wisdom from my guest, uh, DJ Eagle Bear Vanis, and the author of The Tiny Warrior, A Path to Personal Discovery and Achievement. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. The Internet's premier talk radio station, VoiceAmerica.com. Ever wonder what are the favorite travel destinations of the Hollywood Jet Set? Where do celebrities like to go when they aren't walking the red carpet? Tune in to Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with President of Traveris, David Manning, and Lisa O'Hurley, golf aficionado and wife of actor John O'Hurley. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa talk with well-known actors, sports celebrities, and entertainment insiders to find out about their favorite travel destinations and what they recommend. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa also offer up feature vacations each week and last-minute deals for your next getaway. Find out what's new and exciting in the travel industry as well as how to raise money for your nonprofit organizations while enjoying a wonderful vacation. Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with David Manning and Lisa O'Hurley broadcasts each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, your inside look into celebrities and travel. Muscular Development presents No Bull Radio, bringing you the latest news, gossip, and controversy from the world of bodybuilding. Uncensored, uncompromised, and unrestrained in true MD style. Hosted by the infamous muscle mob, Larry Pepe, John Romano, and Dave Palumbo. Welcome top IFBB professional bodybuilders, industry insiders, and characters you won't find anywhere else every week. No Bull Radio broadcasts each Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. If you've ever wondered what the Stern Show would sound like if Howard was a bodybuilding fan, then tune in and find out. Noble Radio, uncensored, uncompromised, unrestrained. Go beyond success and discover a deeper meaning to life. Join host Jeffrey Gitterman and his guests, the premier thought leaders in business, politics, science, spirituality, and culture, who have reached the pinnacle of financial and professional attainment in their fields, only to discover a profound lack of fulfillment with what our culture defines as success. So won't you tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time to Jeffrey Getterman and Beyond Success, redefining the meaning of prosperity, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're talking about how to unlock your tiny warrior and to fight for your dreams. My guest is DJ Eagle Bear Vanis. He is a motivational storyteller, as we're hearing, and a nationally acclaimed author. And his motto is, Building the Warriors of Tomorrow Today. And if you uh, came in after we defined 
uh, warriors, we're not talking about people who literally use weapons, but rather um, people who use the uh, sacred gifts of their own mind and spirit to fight for the dreams that they have in their life and the purpose that they have. And we're... um, we're talking about that before the break, about these two parallel stories in his book, Justin, the Modern Day Guy, and Cricket, um, uh, both, both actually Native Americans, but um, Cricket from hundreds of years ago. And uh, how old is Cricket? He's eight years old. Okay. And when he starts his journey. Right, right. And like I said, that's why Justin, who's 27... You know, starts, you know, at first has a cynical approach that he can't possibly gain any wisdom or any insight into this mere kid story. Mm-hmm. You know, and I tell you what, one of the favorite books of mine still is The Places You'll Go by Dr. Seuss. Mm-hmm. And I'm th- almost 36. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think we can all glean, you know, wisdom from any source that we choose to glean it from. And, and sometimes it is getting past our own cynicism or our own, you know, uh, kind of skewed view of the material that we're looking at, you know, before we really get the uh, the lesson that's right. involved. So tell us about Cricket. Well, Cricket is uh, he's an eight-year-old boy who set out a goal in his life to become a warrior. And like I said before, you know, in the traditional concept of what it meant to be a warrior in our Native culture was uh, about, it was all focused on service. It was about setting a good example. It was about protecting and defending your people it was about using your creator-given talent and ability to become an asset to your village. Um, and warriors spent a lifetime doing that. Uh, part of that meant physical uh, defense, you know, which we, you know, but that's become, you know, so uh, focused on that that, you know, a lot of people think that's the whole picture, and that's mm-hmm. a very small slice of the puzzle or slice of the pie. But um, Cricket has set out this goal to become a warrior, but he sees all the difficulties involved, and it's kind of, and it's letting... Uh, it's kind of become an obstacle for him to get to that goal because he's let, uh, you know, the self-doubt and that that thought of it's too hard, you know, I could never do it, it's going to take too long, you know, things that we typically do as people, even as professionals and as adults, um, where we let those things get in the way of, you know, where we're headed. And so through these, you know, series of stories, these adventures, these misadventures, he starts to learn more about himself, about the world around him, what it means to truly be a warrior. And I, I mentioned in the book it has nothing to do with your size, um, your strength. It has to do with, uh, you know, your heart and what, you know, what you've done or what decisions you make uh, for the betterment of yourself and others around you. That really makes you a warrior. And so that's why I promote, you know, the concept of building the warriors tomorrow today is building you know, helping people create that in their own life of, of being service-oriented, of using their own talent and ability um, to better their lives, and, and by doing that, leading others by example. And so, you know, through the story, and I, and I can give you an example of, of one of the stories, you know, as a snapshot for the way that this, you know, the interaction happens with Cricket and uh, the characters around him at the time. Um, one of my personal favorites uh, is Choose Your Pack. And it's chapter six of the book uh, where Cricket is being influenced by a group that doesn't have uh, his best intentions in mind, uh, meaning he's out wandering one day, comes across a group of coyotes, and he sees them. Uh, it looks like what they're doing is fun. And he, he sees them hunting and, 
you know, he wants to be like them. Well, the, the lead coyote backbone is a, is a wily figure. You know, he's pretty slick. He understands the way Cricket's thinking, and he can tell that he's desperate for companionship or having friends. So he starts to use them. And he says, you know, if you reach down in this hole and grab this rabbit for us, you know, you can hang out with us. You can be like us. You can spend time with us. And so he, you know, thinks it's a fair deal, so he does it. And uh, he starts to see himself transform and starts to see himself act like a coyote and, and howl like a coyote and bite and scratch like a coyote. And his, you know, his family back in the village are starting to see these changes in him that aren't all positive. And, um, but also Cricket notices something right off the bat too that he's, you know, he's doing all the work for the, for this group of coyotes and they're sitting back and getting fat and lazy. And he's the one that's doing all the work and taking all the risk. And, uh, one day he finally realizes painfully that, that this group was not, you know, a, a group of friends. Um, they were just using him because he's trying to catch some fish and he falls off a rock. And, uh, as he floats down the, the cold river, swirling, you know, sweeping him away, uh, he's asking him for help, the coyotes for help, and they just laugh at him as he's, you know, as he disappears from sight. And what that brings back to is Justin starts to see his life, and he says, you know, I've had that same experience, because he surrounded himself with friends that did not have his best intentions in mind and were bad influences on him. And, you know, I think anybody can relate to that experience as well. You know, I, I think the quickest way to become a success in this life is to hang out with other successful people. Uh, however you define that word to be. You know, if it's being a happy and healthy person, spending time with happy and healthy people brings that out in us. On the flip side of that, hanging out with people who gossip, who complain, who are constantly looking for the flaw in life, in, in, in anything, um, you spend time with those people long enough and they start to influence the way that we think, the way that we talk, the way that we act. And so uh, I had an elder tell me years ago, our spirits are like sponges. They soak up whatever they're around. And how many times in our life do we see that to be exactly true? Yes, and Justin, in Justin's case, he hung out with these two friends in high school, right? Who, right. Who um, weren't really, uh, didn't really care about getting more education, and no. they, they just were kind of wild. And, and But in the moment, it seemed like fun. You know, and how many times have we done that? You know, it looks if it looks good, it feels good in the moment. It's it's a good choice, and then we learn, you know, painfully sometimes that that was you know we were we were severely mistaken, and you know what it comes down to is thinking long term about what kind of life do we want to live, what kind of person do we want to become, and then putting the right resources, the right people, the right books, the right thoughts in, you know, in our arena to make us that way because that's really I mean we're social creatures by design, and you know what we have in our life that influences us counts for where we end up, you know, one or five or ten years from now will be dependent on the choices we make today with the people that we have in our circle. And um, to go back to uh, cricket, um, one of the things also, uh, some of the problems that he had with his dream to become a warrior was um, or were the, the times when um, people, his his peers, made fun of him because he was so little. Right, right, and that's and that's one of those common experiences we all go through too, where we look at the things that we've been gifted with in life, and sometimes look at them as a curse or as a, a, a detractor. And and if we look at with the right eyes, if we look with the right attitude, we find that what we've been you know gifted with can really um, benefit our life in those 
around us. Because in the story, yeah, you're exactly right. Cricket got teased for being small. He was he was uh, smaller than the rest of the kids his age, um, and got teased for it. And in, in the end of the story, that uh, comes out to be his greatest asset. And that's what you know. I think is a quick res- recipe for frustration in this life is to constantly compare your creator-given talents and abilities with other people around you. Is to say, well, I would be a writer, but I'm not as good as she is, or I would be an artist, but I'm not as good as he is. Right? You know, I, I you, we start comparing and contrasting talent and ability, and it's the quickest way to, to lead us to frustration and, and paralysis. Mm-hmm. I think what it comes down to is looking at what we've got and saying, what I've got is plenty. Now let's take a look at what I've got and let's learn how to use it. That, I think, is the key to success in this life. It's not reinventing yourself every year. It's simply learning to use what you've already got. Now, um, looking at what you've already got, I mean, I think that you did that in a sense in, in that there's a lot of you in these characters. I mean, one of the things, um, your name eagled there. Mm-hmm. Now, you... How did you come to that name? And because I noticed in the book there are references to eagle, eagle feathers, and that play, eagle plays a very um, key or recurrent role in these stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and the story maybe you'd like to tell about um, uh, the the birds soaring. Oh sure, sure. How how eagles learn to fly? Yes, and how and how that relates to your own having been called uh, give being given that name. Sure. Well, the the way that we get our names, um, you know, there's names that you're born into. Your your last name in the in the community, even today in a in a modern day uh, setting, our, our native people. You know, we get born with names, and then we're we're given names in ceremony. Um, and eagle bear or Matowambli is the Lakota name for it, but the translation is eagle bear was given to me in ceremony uh, when I went through the Sundance ceremony and I had a naming done during that time. And what that um, name referred to was, well, eagle, for instance, are, eagles are sacred in our culture uh, because they're the one creature that flies higher to the creator than anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, they they fly alone. Um, they're, they're true leaders in the fact that they don't rely on, um, uh, they, they, they don't hunt in packs. They, they have to fend for themselves. And uh, Native people have always admired what eagles stand for, what they do, you know, how they look, how they fly, you know, as grace in, in motion. And um, that's why the highest honor you can receive in our in our Native ways is, a, is an eagle feather. Mm, and I guess with Boy Scouts, an eagle scout. Right. There's a lot of references to that in, uh, across the cultures because of that. Okay, and when we, <laughs> of course, having to, well, we're 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 leaving on a hook here. Um, when we come back, we can uh, hear about Bear and also about that story. So we'll uh, take a break quickly. Uh, you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. My guest is DJ Eagle Bear Vanis, and uh, we're talking about the tiny warrior inside of you. So stay tuned. The authority in Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Live in the Green Life with Kim Carlson. 
Echopreneur, author, and green living maven brings you an upbeat, fun exploration of the doables of living a more earth-friendly life. Kim cuts through the noise and urban myth of green do's and don'ts and shows that it is possible to live green easily. From hip organic weddings to exotic echo travel to healthy personal care products. Get the most current trends and tips from the experts for living a more planet-friendly and human lifestyle. Live in the green life with Kim Carlson. Broadcast each Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on The Voice America channel. Live in the green life for a human, healthy, and planet-friendly lifestyle. Whether by choice or by circumstance, the statistics of the effects of missing fathers and the impact on our children, our neighborhoods, and our communities is staggering. How can we interrupt this pattern of violence, gang activity, drug use, and sexual activity among our fatherless children? On Changing a Generation, with author, inspirational speaker, life coach, and host, Terrence Wilson, the focus is on elevating the mindset of this current generation by unveiling viewpoints that inspire people to reach for their dreams. Terrence and his guests reveal how building family relationships, becoming an entrepreneur, and living a Christian life develops future leaders in the next generation of children. Changing a Generation with Terrence Wilson broadcasts each Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. Changing a Generation, bringing a message of deliverance to the fatherless on News Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Muscular Development presents No Bull Radio, bringing you the latest news, gossip, and controversy from the world of bodybuilding. Uncensored, uncompromised, and unrestrained in true MD style. Hosted by the infamous muscle mob, Larry Pepe, John Romano, and Dave Palumbo. Welcome top IFBB professional bodybuilders, industry insiders, and characters you won't find anywhere else every week. No Bull Radio broadcasts each Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. If you've ever wondered what the Stern Show would sound like if Howard was a bodybuilding fan, then tune in and find out. Noble Radio, uncensored, uncompromised, unrestrained. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. You see, I want to get back quickly to the story. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll jump right back into it. Okay. Um, the story I promised you was was to talk about, um, you know, I, I mentioned why eagles are sacred in our culture uh, for, for many reasons. Um, an eagle feather is the highest award you can you can get in our native culture. And I, and I reference um, a story in the, uh, in the book about how eagles learn how to fly. Um, when a fledgling, fledgling is learning how to fly, uh, the parent eagles, when they see their, their young ones struggling, they'll fly under them, lift them up until they're back up to a, the right altitude, and then drop away from them again to keep them up there, to keep them flying so that they, they can learn to do it on their own. And the point I was trying to make in that story, the reference was that we need to put people like that in our own lives. People that give us reasons to fly, not stay on the ground. You know, the world is filled with critics. The world is filled with negative people. The 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 thing that we have to remember is to to make sure we've got positive ones in our life. Um, because to sit back and complain and focus on what's going wrong or the flaw, I've seen people do that for weeks, months, years, and decades of their, their life, life right. without moving one inch forward. 
Right. And what is the bear um, part of your name? Why well, the ba- given that? The second part of my name, uh, bear, uh, represents um, wisdom and strength. And the bear is a, a another iconic figure that, depending on which tribe you talk about, we've got over 560 in the U.S., um, everybody's got a different uh, philosophy on what that means. But for the um, the Lakota people, it means strength and wisdom. And so I've got big shoes to fill with a name like Eagle Bear. And I mentioned to you on the break, you know, my goal is to at least stumble in that direction every day of my life to become a better person, to be, to be a leader, to be a good husband, a good father, and to, you know, stay focused on the work that I'm doing out in the community. Yes, and you have um, uh, been following through with your goal to build Warriors of Tomorrow today by talking to all kinds of companies like IBM and NASA, mm-hmm. etc. But, uh, of course, I- I'm sure you have a special place in your hearts for other Native Americans and trying to lift them, uh, help them to soar, and Absolutely. lift them um, out of uh, some of the sad problems that I, I mean, I, I, it's something that that personally makes me very sad to see how how much um, wisdom, Native American wisdom, there is, mm-hmm. and how um, so much of it is being lost or not being expressed as much as it could or should be because because we came in and took this country away from you and and um, a lot of native americans are still suffering from that and not soaring as high as they could particularly because of the wisdom that they possess right and and you know the the first thing i always say and and by and large most of the work i do out there is in our native communities i've been privileged to work with ibm and walt disney and hewlett packard and nasa and these incredible organizations but most of the work i do is with uh tribal communities across the country um like i said i've worked with over 440 tribes and i work at every level from junior high and high school up to tribal leadership um and tribal businesses and i really enjoy what i do my whole goal is to raise the condition of our people by reminding our people of what why we have a million reasons under the sun to be proud of who we are yes uh remind us that we come from success and I and I'm always a big believer too in the first thing. And you mentioned, you know, with there's so much been so much heartbreak and disappointment in the experience of a Native American in this country, um, especially in the past. Um, we still have struggles today, but things have gotten a lot better. I think anybody would agree with that. But my philosophy is, you know, we can't change what happened five minutes ago, let alone five years ago or 500 years ago. All we have is this moment forward. And the moment that we start to, you know, turn around and move forward, things start to improve. Um, to look back at the, you know, the, there's been terrible things that have happened to Native people in this country. That's a fact, but it's also history. And it's one of those things that, you know, if we stay stuck in that moment, we can't move forward. Mm-hmm. You know, there's still struggles going on today. Of course there are. But I'm a big believer in focusing on solutions. There's enough problems in the world to go around. Uh, you can't move forward, though, if you get stuck in the problem by focusing on it day in and day out. Once you know what the problem is, start to create a solution, and that's what I try to promote in my programs. Well, and it must be very, I, I would imagine that um, books like The Tiny Warrior and the rest of you know, your whole program, and we'll give people the um, your website before the end of the show, but I would imagine, I mean, if it made me cry, um, not that... Not that that's so difficult, but I mean, I would imagine that um, people who could relate to it even at a deeper level would really be moved 
to um, make some of the changes to learn from Cricket and Justin and, and uh, take that to heart in their own life. Well, that's, that's my highest hope. You know, when I wrote the book, I tried to put as much good information and, and wisdom and powerful ideas in the smallest format I could get away with. And by the way, at the end of the book, I cried too writing it. So I was moved mm. even, you know, as I was writing it, I was, I was living the story that I was writing yeah. at the time, and, and I was moved by it too. And, I, you know, my highest hope, though, is that people are moved to take, you know, different actions and think about themselves and the possibilities in life differently. Yes. Um, I mean, I'm sure reaching people, at, like you said, at junior high school level or even high school level or whatever level, uh, it's never too late, Is I think is so very important, one person at a time. Right. And, um, you know, there are, I mean, we didn't go through all of them, but there are, no wonder you cried because there are, well, first of all, you were finished. <laughs> but, but also, I mean, obviously there there were um, personal parts of this in you. I mean, for example, one of the things in your biography is that you led an international team of engineers on a on an Air Force space pro- program. Um, so this engineer, you know, that that part of Justin, Justin wanting to be an engineer, um, was something that was dear to you as well. And eagle, the the significance of all the um, the metaphors, the symbolism of, sure. of eagle feathers, and and that story uh, relates to you, especially since your father spent 22 years in the Air Force. Right, right. Um, yeah. No, there are a lot of parallels in my life. People have always asked, "Is it a biography?" Absolutely not. But there were there are definitely pieces of me in that book, uh, pieces of friends that I grew up with, people that helped define and shape who I am as a person today. Or in that book, um, so I, you know, I gathered all that around me, you know, to to create the story. Yes, like, did your grandmother have a uh, back problem or some kind of medical problem? No, she didn't. I mean, she uh, died of cancer, or, you know, too early in her life. Um, but no, she didn't have that. But I, I just thought that that. But I pictured her when I wrote that part of the story. She uh-huh. was, you know, very dear to me and. And um, but yeah, where all those cricket, where cricket helps his elderly aunt, right, right, and yeah. tries to give her uh, some medicine to help relieve the pain in her back. Um, you know, there there's a lot of elements like that in the story that are you know run parallel to similar experiences, if not the same, that I've had. Well, why don't you give people your um, website and um, uh, tell them what they can find there? Sure. Well, our website is nativediscovery.com, and native discovery is all one word. And if you go there, and I encourage anybody listening to drop by for a visit, um, I do an article every month called Firelight. There's 40 past articles on, on there that are free to anyone interested. You can download and use with yourself, your family, coworkers. Um, there's also uh, program information about what I do, who I do it with, uh, client lists. There's testimonials there. Um, but there's also book order information uh, for my book and also my CD set, uh, The Warrior Within Part 1 and 2, are available um, online there at our website. And, again, that's nativediscovery.com. And I thank you very much for doing exactly what it is that you uh, talk about in your book, one of the many points, um, that uh, how important it is to become um to become warriors. Actually, let me just, since we just have a little time to, to before the end, let me just read this last final note that you call it. Okay. The path of a warrior is not an easy one. Warriors make mistakes, feel pain, get scared, and they cry. 
Sometimes they fight with all the fury they can muster, only to find out they are fighting themselves. All of this doesn't matter because warriors keep going in spite of it all, in spite of themselves. They persist in fighting to become the person they desperately need to be, a better person for the creator, for their family, friends, community, co-workers, clients, and themselves. Warriors are people like you and like me. So, DJ Eagle Bear Venice, I'd like to thank you very much for being a, a model of what it is that you try to get us all to be. Thank you for having me on, and as my people say, chimigwech. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Again, that website is nativediscovery.com, and uh, it's really well worth finding out a lot more about this uh, about this wisdom. So thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.